Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy. And today, I'm bringing you guys my early round running back rankings. We'll be talking through my top 12 running backs for fantasy football in 2020. Now, the rest of the running backs will be in another video, or maybe even more videos coming in the next couple of days in this video. Like I said, we're going to be discussing the top 12 running backs, in my opinion, for fantasy football in 2020. So before we get into these early round running backs, please make sure to go down below and click that subscribe button. It's free, and I put out content every single day to help you guys win that 2020 Fantasy Football Championship. As well, while you're down there, please check out the Patreon. It has my draft guide on there, $7.50 for this whole month to make sure you go ahead and get that draft guide to even further help you win your 2020 Fantasy Football League. So let's get right into it. Early round running backs for Fantasy Football in 2020. Coming in here at number one, bitch you guessed it, Huh? It's Christian McCaffrey, running back of the Carolina Panthers, FFPC, ADP, FFPC, high stakes fantasy football, ADP, average draft position 1.1. So he's pretty much the overall consensus first pick of the 2020 fantasy football drafts. And he is my first pick as well as my first running back that I would be taking off the board. Obviously, like I said, CMC is a Carolina Panther, 5'11". 202 pounds out of Stanford, so the dude is wicked smart, 24.2 years old, but this guy is not just wicked smart, he's also wicked jacked, I don't know if you guys have seen that picture from last season, where he's wearing the sleeveless fucking hoodie, and his arms are just flying out of that thing, this guy is a beast, 4.48 40-yard dash, 83rd percentile, 66th percentile speed score, 79th percentile burst score, 98th percentile agility score, 1st percentile bench press, which doesn't seem to matter because the guy's absolutely jacked, and 100th percentile in the 1,000 yards in rushing and the 1,000-yard receiving category because this motherfucker is going to do it again in 2020. There's not too much to break down for Christian McCaffrey. He's obviously inside of the Tier 1 at the running back position, so I'm just going to go ahead and read off his stats real quick. Nothing too special for CMC. Because you already know he should either be your first pick or your second pick based upon at the running back position or of the overall draft based upon who you prefer between the two guys, Chris McCaffrey and the second guy I'm going to talk about in just a couple of minutes. He, Chris McCaffrey finished running back one last season in 16 games, 29.3 PPR points per game. This motherfucker was pretty much putting up quarterback numbers at the running back position, almost 30 PPR points per game. This guy was individually winning you weeks at the running back position just from putting up such fantastic numbers. You could have legitimately put me in there as your running back two dropping zero points, and your running back core might be better solidified than half the fucking league. 287 carries last season, fourth best in the NFL, 1,387 rushing yards, 86.7 per game, third best in the NFL. Now you might be thinking, Nick, how can this guy rush the ball so many times and still rush the ball or receive the ball that many times, get all these receiving yards all these targets 143 targets number one in the NFL running back 116 receptions number one in the NFL running back 1005 receiving yards you guessed it number one at running back red zone touches were 66 4.1 per game second at running back and his total touchdowns were you guessed it number one at the running back position Christian McCaffrey is like on Christmas Day when you were eight years old and you really wanted that beautiful, that new shiny toy and Santa brought you that shit. Santa Claus is going to bring you Christian McCaffrey. If you miss on Christian McCaffrey in the first pick, you are a certified fucking dumbass in my opinion. There's only debate between one other player, but to me, Christian McCaffrey is that guy for me. I think he does back to back Michael Jordan 96-97 of number one year at the running back position. Coming in at number two, 
You guessed this one as well. Pretty fucking simple. Saquon Barkley running back of the New York football giants, FFPC ADP two. So pretty much the consensus number two pick amongst most experts. Six feet tall, 223 pounds out of Penn State, 23.5 years old. This guy's workout metrics are one that you can just go ahead and put on the screen and get the fucking KY out and just start going to town. 4.4 per or 4.4 40 yard dash with a 97th percentile 40 yard dash, 99th percentile speed score, 96th percentile burst score, no agility score, any 90 96 percentile bench press because this motherfucker put up almost 30 reps of that huge ass thing saquon barkley is a goddamn beast everyone's seen the pictures of the guy's calves he looks like he can move a train with those legs so saquon barkley obviously going to be the number two guy behind cmc last year these guys were both arguably the number one pick most people went with saquon barkley and they regretted it but that was really only due to the fact that the guy ended up getting hurt last season only playing in 13 out of the possible 16 games but he was expected to miss much more time than that. He ended up getting hurt, and then all the doctors are saying, oh, he's going to come back month. No, this motherfucker comes back like two, three games later. He's flying back onto the field. Saquon Barkley is an unreal human being. He exceeds all medical professions because he said, fuck, or medical professionals. He says, fuck it. I'm coming back on the field. And he performed after getting hurt. 18.8 PPR points per game, ranking seventh at the running back position. 217 carries, 1,000 rushing yards, which would have been far higher, obviously, had he played the whole season, ranking 15th at running back. Just like with Christian McCaffrey, though, this guy very good in the pass catching game. Just is not going to be able to see that many receptions and targets that CMC is going to be able to, considering this whole offense is Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore in Carolina. For the New York football giants, they have a bunch of other wide receivers that are able to get work. 73 targets for Saquon Barkley, 8th at running back, 52 receptions, 11th at running back for 438 receiving yards, 11th at the running back position. He also had 35 red zone touches, 2.7 per game, ranking 19th at running back, and a total touchdown number of 8, ranking 12 at the running back position. So overall, not the greatest year from Saquon Barkley, but he did what he could when he was healthy, and he was able to come back from that injury, and I expect him to have a real big bounce back quote-unquote bounce back since he's not really fucking bouncing back from anything. He's going to have yet another great season in 2020. I'm all in on Saquon Barkley, obviously a tier one running back. Coming on to the next tier one running back, we have Ezekiel fucking Elliott, the guy who looks like one of those little motherfucking teddy bear things from Star Wars that's names are escaping my head. The answer was fucking Ewok. I googled it. I'm so dumb. I should have known that. I really love Star Wars. But besides Star Wars, Ezekiel Elliott, Dallas Cowboys running back, FFPC ADP 3.21. So he's pretty much the running back three off the board in every single league. Six feet tall, 225 pounds, 25.1 years old, 4.47 40-yard dash, 87th percentile, 94th percentile speed score, and a 27th percentile burst score. No agility score or bench press, but this guy is also very good. Just like with all the rest of the other guys, no real injury concerns. Ezekiel Elliott has more concern on off-field type of issues, but it seems like he's able to figure that out and became a better person and hasn't really had those type of issues off the field. Running back number three last season in 16 games. Now, what does this do to it? It's due to the fact that this year and the prior season, he really increased his work in the pass-catching game, and that obviously elevates his fantasy football output, making Ezekiel Elliott guaranteed to be a top three or four running back off the board in pretty much every single league. 19.5 PPR points per game, ranking fifth at the running back position, 301 carries, 18.8 per game, ranking second at the running back position, 1,357 rushing yards, 84.8 per game, ranking fourth at running back, 72 targets, 4.5 per game, ranking ninth, 54 receptions, 3.4 per game, ranking ninth at running back, four 419 receiving yards, red zone touches were 68, one at running back, and total touchdowns were 14, number five at running back. Now, I understand that the Dallas Cowboys are going to continue to be less 
of a run-heavy team like they may have been in the past. Now, not necessarily a run-heavy team, but not a team that was passing an exuberant amount. But at the end of the day, even with them passing the ball a shit ton of times, it's not going to matter because this offense is going to be very, very high scoring in 2020. I expect Ezekiel Elliott to be able to find the end zone a decent amount of time. And with the amount of rushing opportunity as well as pass catching opportunity he gets, he's a certified running back or a top five running back. For me, now you could actually argue Ezekiel Elliott versus the fourth guy, which is Alvin Kamara, uh, between however you prefer to do it, or maybe even Dalvin Cook if you're about that life of drafting a guy who's probably not going to play full 16 games. Go ahead and do that. But to me, these are my top three guys for fantasy football in 2020. My final tier one player is Alvin Kamara, running back of the New Orleans Saints, the fourth pick of pretty much every single draft. Five foot 10, 214 pounds out of Tennessee, 25.1 years old. Notice how all these top four guys are relatively young players in the NFL. 4.5640 yard dash, 60th percentile, 60th percentile speed score, 94th percentile burst score, 27th percentile agility score, and an 11th percentile bench press. Now, I know a lot of people actually believe that Alvin Kamara might be the best pass-catching running back in the NFL based upon the way he actually plays, but to me, it's Christian McCaffrey, but he obviously is the closest rival to Christian McCaffrey in the pass-catching game. Obviously, a New Orleans Saints. Now, the New Orleans Saints offense runs the simplest fucking system I have ever seen in my life. It's Drew Brees either hands it to Kamara, dumps it off to Kamara, or throws it to Michael Thomas. There's three fucking outcomes that are going to happen, and it is one of those three things. And Alvin Kamara last year ended up getting hurt, so he did not necessarily have the ceiling play that he could have had in 2020 had he not have gotten hurt. But when this guy is healthy, he is going to be a beast, and I don't expect him to suffer any setbacks this year. None of these injuries seem to be lingering for Mr. Alvin Kamara, running back number nine in 2019 in 14 games. So all these guys, even if they miss, like four games they're still going to finish inside of the top 10 at running back due to how dominant these guys are when they're actually on the field 17.8 PPR points per game for Mr. Alvin Kamara now Alvin Kamara doesn't really need to get too many carries to actually perform at the running back position 171 carries which is only 12.2 per game still ranking inside of the top 30 at the running back position at 24 having two 794 rushing yards 56.9 per game ranking 22nd at running back but obviously his points are elevated by that receiving work in the New Orleans offense. Having 97 targets, 6.9 per game. Very nice. I like you, Alvin Kamara. Number five at the running back position. 81 receptions. Third at running back, 533 receiving yards. Fourth at running back, red zone touches 36. 17th at running back, and total touchdowns were 626 at running back. How could this motherfucker, who's so involved in the pass-catching game, as well as in, in the rushing game, score only six touchdowns? I really expect that number to rise in 2020. So that closes out the tier one at the running back position. And so if you guys have enjoyed thus far... Please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. It's free. Now it's time to get into the real deep dive at the running back positions. Running back 5 all the way through running back 12 in my tier 2 of players. Now you could actually kind of divide these guys into two more tiers. Tier 2 and tier 3. But personally, I like all these guys so much. I kind of just gobble them all into one big tier. And then this is my running back number 5. Joseph Mixon running back of the Cincinnati Bengals. Now I know a bunch of people are going to go down in the comments and lay some fire into me about Joe Mixon. I don't care if it's risky for to tip to just have Joe Mixon ranked inside your top five. I understand that that's a bit ballsy, but I'm gonna take my balls and fucking shove them straight onto the table and tell you guys the big facts on why I like Joseph Mixon. Shout out to Nick Ercolano, FFPC ADP 11.69, Cincinnati Bengals six foot one, 228 pounds out of Oklahoma, 24.1 years old, 4.540 yard dash, 77th percentile, 92nd percentile speed score, 48th percentile burst score, 53rd percentile agility score, and a 58th percentile bench press. Now Joe Mixon obviously a tier two running back like. 
like I said, finished as running back number 13 in 2019, so not quite the finish we wanted out of Joe Mixon playing in all 16 games, but there's really two tales of the NFL season for Joe Mixon in 2019. The beginning half where he played like absolute dog doo-doo, and the final stretch where he was looking like one of the best running backs in the NFL, and I predict 2020 looks much more like the back half of 2019. We are going to be getting into the more interesting kind of stats later about, you know, where you divide the beginning or you look at the beginning half versus the last half and see how much the difference really was. But here we're going to look at his season as a whole. 14.1 PPR points per game, ranking 19th at running back. 278 carries, which is very good for a running back that you want to be a workhorse for your team. Obviously, he is that and could potentially be one of those guys finishing inside of the top five, having an exorbitant amount of carries. Fifth at running back, 1,138 rushing yards. Eighth at running back, 45 tarts. 27th at running back, 35 receptions. 28th at running back, 287 receiving yards. Now, I understand that those receiving numbers may scare you. You might say, hey, Nick, he's not going to get enough targets. He's not going to get enough receptions to be one of those top five candidates. Now, I say you are smoking on some loud. You're smoking on the loud package because Joe Mixon is going to get more receiving work this year. The coaches have gone out and said they want to get Joe Mixon more involved in the pass-catching game, and I believe if they do, Joe Mixon could easily finish inside of the top five. Red zone touches 47th at running back, and total touchdowns are 12th at running back with eight. So why do I like Joe Mixon so much? I think that this offense is very much improved in 2020 under Mr. Joseph Burrow, the Heisman man in Cincinnati. I think that the offensive line is going to look better in 2020. They drafted a rookie offensive tackle in the first round of the draft last year. The guy ends up getting hurt, and now he's coming back to play this season. I think that Joe Mixon just looks overall better with this system. Obviously, last year, they were dealing with absolute fucking mayhem in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton, the ginger ninja, is balling out. He's playing pretty well. And then the coach just says, oh, man, we're winning a little too many games. We want to get Joe Burrow. Get the fuck out of here. And they bench Andy Dalton on his birthday. And then Andy Dalton, like Jesus, arises back (laughs) at the end of the season. And he comes back, and he looks good. And Joe Mixon starts looking good there as well. If we look at Joe Mixon, in split is the final nine games of the season. And the out of split is the first seven games of the season. Out of split, Joe Mixon was averaging 17.01 half PPR points per game. Before that, he was averaging 7.84 per game. Almost a 10 fucking point increase per game at the final nine games of the season. For PPR, 18.12 PPR points per game versus 8.91. So pretty much also a 10 point increase there per game basis in the final nine games versus the beginning seven. Now, why was this? It wasn't due to an increase in receptions. It wasn't really to an increase in targets. It was due to an increase of rushing fucking attempts. They were going from feeding the guy the ball 12 times a game to 21.56, which equivalented to 98.11 rushing yards per game versus 36.43. The first seven games of the season, zero fucking touchdowns, not a touchdown for Mr. Joe Mixon. And then to the bat last nine games of the season, 0.56 per game. So the guy getting more work equivalated to him scoring more fantasy points. Who would have fucking guessed it? You give a running back who's very good the ball more times, he's going to score more fantasy points? Who would have fucking known? I think Joe Mixon is going to be vital for this offense in 2020, and I see that workload being the same as the back half of the season. Now, looking at running back numero six, Derrick Henry running back of the Tennessee Titans. Now, Derrick Henry right now looks pissed at me through the screen for ranking him as running back number six. He looks like he's going to stiff arm me six feet deep into the ground like he was doing to his opponents in 2009. 19 FFPC ADP 7.31. Obviously a Tennessee Titan 6 foot 3, 247 pounds, absolute fucking unit out of Alabama. 4.54 40 yard dash. So not the fastest motherfucker. 
but trust me, this guy in space does have absolute speed. That's why his speed score is so high. So 67th percentile 40-yard dash, 97th percentile speed score, 87th percentile burst score, 28th percentile agility score, and 67th percentile bench press. But I think that's fake news. He's 100th percentile because this guy is absolutely fucking yoked. In Tennessee last year, obviously, still a tier two running back. Running back number five last year in 15 games. Now, this guy has no, well, he has hands, but he has no hands for catching the ball. The motherfucker has some butterfingers. He's like the guy before he eats a Snickers in the Snickers commercials. He's just this wimp, and then he becomes this fucking alpha male in the rushing game. It makes absolutely no sense. 19.6 PPR points per game, fourth at running back. 303 carries, 20.2 per game, first at running back. 1,539 rushing yards, 102.6 per game, first at running back. This guy was the rushing title winner in 2019. 25 targets. You don't expect that to go up. 18 receptions. Don't expect that to go up. 206 receiving yards. I don't expect any of those numbers to go up, but it does not fucking matter because this guy absolutely eats in the rushing category. And it's not just because they are force-feeding this guy the ball. It is because of the pure talent of Derrick Henry. Red zone touches 46, 3.1 per game, ranking 8th at running back, and total touchdowns 18, ranking 3rd at running back. So we can look and notice here why I think Joe Mixon is so good. It's due to his efficiency stats. 4.7 true yards per carry, ranking 8th at running back. 15 breakaway runs, which is 1 per game since he only played in 15 games. 8th at the running back position. This guy, even if he's big, he still has 82 evaded tackles. 5.5 per game, ranking 7th at running back, and a 25.5% juke rate, ranking 19th at the running back position. So this guy can really do it all in the rushing aspect obviously the guy has just fucking glue he doesn't have glue on his hands he just has some i don't even know what would make your hands fucking so slippery he's got dr pepper fucking stuck to his hands and he's just not catching anything he's got ky jelly on the ball when it's getting thrown to him from ryan Tannehill. but at the end of the day I don't give a damn because Derrick Henry is going to be good. Now, I know there's going to be the haters who say Derrick Henry is a cold, cold, cold player running back. Once the season starts getting cold in Tennessee, because Derrick Henry is the only 10 I see, he starts balling the fuck out, and that is complete and utter fake news. Now, trying to tackle Derrick Henry in the cold must be impossible. It would be like a midget trying to take down a fucking sumo wrestler. But at the end of the day, we're going to look at his splits with and without Ryan Tannehill. Because with Ryan Tannehill, once Marcus Mariota got his ass shipped straight from the starting roster onto the bench, Derrick Henry was looking like so much better of a running back. He played 11 games with Mr. Ryan Tannehill versus four without. And Ryan Tannehill must do just one thing in practice, and that's practice how to fucking warm the ball up and hand it to fucking Derrick Henry so that the ball's all nice and warm so Derrick Henry doesn't fucking fumble it. 23.36 PPR points per game versus 13.62 with Mariota. This guy, it had nothing to do with the receiving work because this guy just doesn't do anything in the receiving game. And it, it didn't even have to do anything with the rushing attempts. It just had to do with the fact that he was playing so much better with Ryan Tannehill because this team was looking so much better under Ryan Tannehill. I think Derrick Henry could look very similar to those last 11 games in comparison to the first four games of his season in 2019. Now, onto running back number seven, we have Dalvin Cook. Now I know the comment section is going to be in a hissy fit. How the fuck is Dalvin Cook ranked at running back number seven, Nick. He's a top five talent at the running back position. Guess what, guys? I completely agree with you. This guy is an amazing running back, an amazing pass catcher running back. He can do it all. He is a combination of them both. But 
The injury concerns are what fucking scare me away from Dalvin Cook and will continue to have me on a year-in, year-out basis not drafting Dalvin Cook. FFPC ADP 5.93. So obviously coming off the board is running back number five in most leagues. To me, running back number seven, but I'd be very wary about taking him in my humble opinion. Minnesota Vikings running back 5'10", 210 pounds. Age number 25. He's 25 years old. And it would be, unless Dalvin Cook missed some serious time, he'd have to miss probably... Half, he'd have to miss more than, I'd say, four or five games to finish outside of the top 10. That's why I got him at seven, because I think even if he plays just 11 or 12 games, the guy will finish inside of the top 10. Due to the fact that he puts up some insane um, numbers in the games that he's playing, I just worry about the fact that he won't be able to complete this season to finish inside of the top five. 4.49 40-yard dash for Dalvin Cook, 80th percentile, 74th percentile speed score, 12th percentile burger score, 11th percentile agility score, and a 67th percentile bench press. So as we can see, he only played 14 games in 2019, which is more than his first two years in the NFL combined. Just kidding. That was some fake news. He's played in 15. He played in 15 games his first two years combined and had 14 games last season. So one more for the first two years versus last year. So last year was kind of an anomaly for Dalvin Cook. He was actually healthy, but that's because he was two years off of the ACL tear. So it could be potentially he does play 16 games. But based upon what I have looked up and what I have noticed from these doctors is that I'm just going to stay away from Dalvin Cook. Got him at running back seven, though. You can go ahead and draft him if you believe he won't get hurt. 20.9 PPR points per game ranking second at running back. So when the guy was healthy... He does ball out, like I said, 250 carries, 8th at running back, 1,135 rushing yards, ninth at running back, 63 targets, 13th at running back, 53 receptions, 10th at running back, 519 receiving yards, 6th at running back, red zone touches 50, 3.6 per game, 6th at running back, and total touchdowns were 13, 7th at running back. Now, Minnesota last season was a very, 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 very run-heavy offense. They were relying nothing on Kirk Cousins. They took the weight off of Kirk Cousins' back, so he went after screaming, you like that, after he threw like a million yards, because he just didn't have to do that. They had to make sure that they put the ball in Dalvin Cook's hands, and it was working very well for the team, obviously, until the guy ended up getting hurt. But now, the reason why that offense was so run-heavy has gotten his ass shipped to Cleveland, head coach Kevin Stefanski, now obviously head coach of the Browns, former OC of the Minnesota Vikings, really took over the run play percentage there in Minnesota. They went from a 35.59% run play percentage in 2018, ranking 29th. Then they finished 2019 with the fourth team or the fourth most run heavy team in the NFL at 48.30. Now, now you might think, oh Nick, it's because Dalvin Cook was hurt in 2018. No, not why at all, because Dalvin Cook played 11 games. So they were still not running the ball out that much until Stefanski took over. So do I expect the number to drastically decrease? No, I really don't think it will. But I think if it goes down ever so slightly, Dalvin Cook may be teetering back a little and not potentially finishing as that top five guy that a lot of people think and baked in with the injury risk, deemed a high risk of injury by Sports Injury Predictor. I'm sorry to tell you, but if Dalvin Cook has kids, this motherfucker would get hurt dropping his kids off at work. Chance of injury in 2020, 56.8%. Projected games missed, 1.8. Durability rating, 5 being very good, 1 being very bad. Number 1, he has a 1 ranking. He is not very durable at all, so I would stay away from Dalvin Cook. I think you can draft him, though, and just understand that if you draft him, you have to do the package deal. You're drafting Dalvin Cook, he costs you a first-round pick, and a 10th round or 9th round pick in getting Alexander Madison. And you want to make sure you get Madison because then you guarantee you have that backfield. But if you don't do that, you're going to be really pissed off at yourself a couple of weeks into the season when Dalvin Cook gets hurt. Now, if Dalvin Cook plays the whole fucking season, he will have proved me wrong. He will have done me dirty. And he'll probably finish as like a top three running back. But until I see it happen, 
I just personally cannot believe it. Running back number eight here, Joseph, or not Joseph, Josh Jacobs, running back of the Las Vegas Raiders. FFPC ADP 14.14510, 220 pounds, 22.5 years old. Now, a lot of critics last year were criticizing Josh Jacobs for being one of those thick motherfuckers. The dude was thick with like seven C's, an absolute unit, but it didn't seem to matter at all. 4.69, very nice, 40-yard dash, 22nd percentile, 29th percentile speed score, 34th percentile burst score, and a 34th percentile bench press. So if we look at Josh Jacobs' stats last year, obviously still in the Tier 2 of running back because the rest of the guys are all Tier 2. Running back number 21 in his rookie campaign in 13 games, 14.7 PPR points per game. Ranking 15th at the running back position, 242 carries, 18.6 per game, ranking 13th at running back, 1,150 rushing yards, 88.5 per game, ranking 7th at running back. Josh Jacobs, to me, is one of those guys that you could look at as being the overall rushing leader in the NFL, up there with Derrick Henry in rushing yards, in my opinion, in 2020, if he stays healthy. Now, this is a big, big gap in Josh Jacobs' game, is actually his receiving work, but it's not necessarily because he's bad at pass catching, it's because he wasn't giving given all that much opportunity by the coaching staff in 2019. 28 targets, 2.2 per game, 46th at running back, 20 receptions, 0.23 per game. It says 20th at running back, but it's not at all. It's like fucking 50th because he was not doing shit in the pass catching game. But I believe personally in Mike Mayock, Mike Mayock, the GM of the team, going out there and said, hey, we want to make sure we get Josh Jacobs the ball more in the pass catching game because, hey, this guy is a fucking weapon when you get him the ball. And if you give him the ball, he will make opportunity with it. So I believe that they're going to actually buy into their word there. I'm going to buy into the word and hope that they actually involve him more in the receiving game, and that will do even more for Josh Jacobs to potentially finish inside of the top five. 166 receiving yards, 12.8 per game, ranking 49th at running back. Red zone touches were 44, 3.4 per game, ranking 11th at running back. And since he was ranking 11th at the running back position in red zone touches, and only finished with seven total touchdowns. I really believe that that number will go up in 2020, ranking 17th at the running back position. If we look at Josh Jacobs' efficiency, the guy was very efficient as a rookie in the NFL. 4.5 true yards per carry. It discounts all rushes over 10 yards. We talked about that earlier. With Derrick Henry, number 13 at running back, 5 yards per touch, 23rd at running back, 13 breakaway runs, 1 per game, ranking 3rd at running back, 81 of beta tackles, 6.2 per game, 8th at running back, and 30.9 juke rate, 6th at running back. So pretty much he's like at the light version of Derrick Henry, but with the potential to evolve in the pass-catching game and get more work than Derrick Henry. Coming in here at number nine, we have Nicholas Chubb, and now a lot of people have a Nicholas one-third Chubb for Nick Chubb, but let me tell you, I have a full fucking Chubb for Nicholas Chubb. I got that Viagra fired up for Nick Chubb. This guy is going to be good yet again in 2020. The hate for Nick Chubb it's astronomical. It is unreal. For a guy to finish inside the top 12 of running back on that Cleveland team, and people are downing this motherfucker, I don't get it at all. Cleveland Browns, 5'11", 227 pounds, 24.7 years old out of Georgia. He has not missed a game in his first two years in the NFL. Knock on wood, knock one time if you're with me. Shout out to Coach Gruden of the Las Vegas Raiders. 72nd percentile, 40-yard dash, 90th percentile speed score, 90th percentile burst score, 57th percentile agility score, and a 96th percentile bench press for Nicholas Chubb. Finished his running back 8 last year in 16 games. 16 PPR points per game, ranking 10th at the running back position. 298 carries, 
third at running back, 1,494 rushing yards, second at running back. He pretty much would have been the rushing title leader in the NFL had they not have done Nick Chubb dirty and kind of played him slightly less in week 17, whereas they could have just let him roll out there, fire him up, and have him win that rushing title. But obviously, it went to running back number six, Derrick Henry. 50 targets, 3.1 per game, ranking 20th at running back, 36 receptions, 2.2 per game, ranking 20th at the running back position. So obviously... The reception slowed down once Kareem Hunt came back to the team. 278 receiving yards, 17.4 per game, ranking 28th at running back. Red zone touches 52, 3.2 per game, ranking 5th at running back. And total touchdowns are 8, 12th at running back. Now, why I originally had Josh Jacobs behind Nick Chubb was because I was worried about the pass-catching opportunities for him. But now I feel like I know he's going to get more, was I feel Nick Chubb will stay around the 50-target mark in 2020 since Kareem Hunt is so good in the pass-catching game. Now, something to understand that a lot of people just can't get through their numb fucking skull is the fact that they bring in Kevin Stefanski as the offensive coordinator. Like I said before, Kevin, or not as the offensive coordinator, was the offensive coordinator of the Vikings. Now the head coach, they bring him in. They went from being like one of the least run-heavy teams in the NFL last year, the Vikings, and then became, or in 2018, then became one of the top five run-heavy offenses in the NFL. I think that no, knowing Kevin Stefanski knows he has two of the top running backs in the NFL in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and you think he's not going to jam the ball down the opponent's throat there is no way in fuck that he does that so I think Nick Chubb could actually finish just as well as he did last year in 2020 but I do have him at one spot lower so we do obviously have to talk about the splits with Kareem Hunt versus without eight games with Kareem Hunt versus eight games with First eight games when Kareem Hunt was suspended, 19.6 PPR points per game, ranking uh, 19.6 PPR points per game, I should say, versus 12.97. So obviously a solid decrease when Kareem Hunt came back that was due to a lower in targets from 4 to 2.25 and receptions going from 3.12 to 1.38, which obviously decreased his receiving yards. His rushing attempts did end up going up or did end up going down as well, but is same with his rushing touchdowns and same with his rushing yards. But I do not fret too much about these stats due to the fact that I think they're just going to be rushing the ball more, which will be able to move him up even with Kareem Hunt being healthy on that roster and being decently involved. So I'm still in on Nick Chubb. I don't really understand why people are so out on Nicholas Chubb. I actually retweeted a tweet on my Twitter. Follow me at NotoriousFNTSY talking about Nick Chubb. It's this huge fucking thread. I suggest you guys read it. Also, while you're down there, click that fucking subscribe button and check out the Patreon. We're probably like 30 minutes in this video, but we're gonna keep flying. We're spitting out all of the interesting numbers that you guys want to win that championship in a couple of weeks when you embark on your journey in your draft. Running back, number 10, Austin, Mr. Clean Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers, 5'9", 199 pounds, 25.3 years old, undrafted, but the guy's a beast. Now, I won't argue drafting Eckler over Chubb because in some drafts, I found myself doing it. That's why I have a struggle ranking some of these guys around the 9, 10, 11, 12 range because I like them all so much, and it's just splitting hairs between them. Austin Eckler, 4.48, 40-hour dash ranking, 83rd at running back, or not at running back, 83rd percentile, 59th percentile speed score, 95th percentile burst score, 86th percentile agility score, and a 0 percentile bench press, but that's not true because this guy is also absolutely yoked. Finished as running back number four last season in 2019 with 19.3 PPR points per game. Ranking 6th at the running back position, 132 carries, 8.2 per game, ranking 34th at running back. I know, that might scare you. Hey, Nick, he's not going to get a lot of touches. Aren't you scared? 
Not at all, because he was touching defenses when he was getting the ball. 557 rushing yards, 34.8 per game, ranking 33rd at running back, 108 targets behind Monsieur Christian McCaffrey, number two, 92 receptions behind Christian McCaffrey, number two, 993 receiving yards, number two running back behind, you guessed it, Christian McCaffrey. Red zone touches 27, number 27th, and his total touchdowns were 11, number 8th at running back. Now, what, now that Melvin Gordon is gone, he got his ass shipped to Denver. Why are people still fucking hating on Austin Eckler? I don't get it. I've called him up on the phone. I asked him, hey, Austin, why do people not like you? And it's because they don't want to see Austin win. They think Austin is a glorified pass catching back. They don't think he could do it with the volume, but I believe he is going to be doing the defense so fucking hard. He's going to be hitting the defense with the good old Lana Rhodes special. I think Austin Eckler is going to have an excellent season in split 12 games with Melvin Gordon versus four without. The number change is incredible 27.25 points the first four games of the season while melvin gordon was chilling in cabo versus 17 when melvin gordon got back receptions six versus 5.67 receiving touchdowns 0.75 versus 0.42 all numbers higher now his, his targets were actually higher without or with melvin gordon playing 6.92 versus 6.25 without but his receiving yards were higher without melvin gordon 67.5 versus 60.25 his rushing attempts doubled going from 6.33 to 14 his rushing touchdowns he scored none with Melvin Gordon there scored 0.75 per game without Melvin Gordon in 2019 and 55 rushing yards versus 28.08 without so it's simple math simple arithmetic Austin Eckler is better without Melvin Gordon I don't know what else I have to explain this guy's gonna get the ball the running back behind him Justin Jackson and Matt whatever the fuck that guy's name is I believe I forgot what his name is Joshua Kelly come on Come on, man. That's what they would say if you're watching this on ESPN. Come on, man. Don't fucking believe in these other guys. It's Austin Eckler's backfield. The Chargers are going to look good. Tyrod has been able to dump off to running backs. He's had LaShawn McCoy finish twice in the top 12 in his tenure in Buffalo. And if you don't think Tyrod's very good, you better believe Justin Herbert knows how to hand the ball off too and could easily dump off the ball to Austin Eckler. The plays are going to be designed to get Austin Eckler the ball because Austin Eckler makes this offense fly off the board. I think Austin Eckler is going to be great yet again in 2020. Coming in here at numero 11. I've moved this man up my rankings. He's not flying into the top 10 though like he is for a lot of people and that is running back Clyde Edwards Hilaire of the LSU Tigers. Go Tigers. 8.24 FFPC ADP. Kansas City Chief. 5'7", 207 pounds. Clyde Edwards Hilaire may be making a couple milli off of his rookie deal, but I'm taller than him, so I got you on that, Clyde. 21.4 years old, 4.60, 40-yard dash, 47th percentile, 36th percentile speed score, 89th percentile burst score, 0% agility score, and 11th percentile bench press. None of that obviously super impressive, but I think the player plays much better than his metrics. Obviously drafted in the first round in 2020. LSU stats in 2019 when they won the Natty against the Clemson Tigers. 15 games, 215 rushing attempts, 1,414 rushing attempts, 6.6 yards per carry. You want to see that number above 5 yards per carry. That means the guy's very good rush uh, runner. 55 receptions on 58 targets. He's got those Elmer's glue hands. Unlike Derrick Henry, this guy is a glorified, great pass-catching running back in college, and he will transition that very well into the NFL with Patrick Mahomes. 453 receiving yards, 17 total touchdowns, at a 10.2% target share in that LSU offense. Last year, people did mental gymnastics to arise Damian Williams inside of the top 
three rounds of the NFL, or of fantasy football drafts, and now people are still not buying into Clyde Edwards-Hilaire when this is his job 100%. Damian Williams just opted out of the season which makes Clyde Edwards-Hilaire even better. Now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was still a top 15 running back for me. I would, Before, I was just nervous about the fact that I thought it might take a little bit of time for him to really get that workload there ahead of Damian Williams, since Damian Williams obviously would have been the lead back to start the season. But now that he's gone, it's all sales ahead for Mr. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like I said, drafted as the first over running back off the board, pick 32. It took the whole first round. I thought a couple of guys would go at the back half of the first round. No, just one Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Andy Reid compares CH to Brian Westbrook. Saying Clyde Edwards Hilaire is better than Brian Westbrook. Why can I not say his name? Brian Westbrook, obviously formal former ex-Eagle running back when uh, Andy Reid was coached there. First round draft capital. What does first round draft capital mean for fantasy football? So if we look at it, there is a bunch of stats from PPR hit rates of the rookie running backs from looking at their NFL draft position versus how they finish in fantasy football. So he's not a top five pick, not a top 10 pick. So in the first round, if he's a first round draft pick in fantasy football, the chance he finishes a top 12 running back is 44%. The chance he finishes, uh, that was a little bit of a spoiler because I accidentally misclicked, 56% chance that he finishes a top 24 running back, 69% chance, very nice, that he finishes inside the top 36, and a 81% chance that he finishes inside of the top 48. Now, obviously, there's cases where the guy balls out and finishes top five. Guys like Saquon Barkley, got other guys have done it in their rookie year, Ezekiel Elliott, where they're super talented, finished inside the top 10. That's definitely possible for CH. I'm more temperate on CH, not trying to take him inside of the first, like, eight, 10 picks of the draft, like some people will, but... He's going to get picked there. If you want to get CEH, you probably, you definitely have to pick him in the first round now at this point, unless your league's sleeping on him. So just understand that. I think CEH is going to have a great year coming in here as my running back number 11. Final running back of the video, Kenyon Drake, former running back of my Miami Dolphins, the Miami Miracle Man, FFPC ADP 13.72, now an Arizona Cardinal, 6'1", 210 pounds out of Alabama, 26.6 years old, 91st percentile 40-yard dash with a 4.45, 85th percentile speed score, 58th percentile burst score, 66th percentile agility score, and a 1st percentile bench press. Ironic how his best comparable player is also former Miami Dolphin, Lamar Miller. Now, looking at Kenyon Drake's stats from last season, finished as running back number 17 in 2019, but by God, did his fucking season look polar opposite. In Miami, looked like a garbage man. In um, Arizona, he looked fucking amazing. 15.3 PPR points per game, ranking 13th at running back, 170 carries, 25 uh, 25 at the running back position, 817 rushing yards, 21st at running back, 68 targets, 12th at running back, 50 receptions, 12th at running back, 345 receiving yards, 17th at running back, red zone touches were 25, 32nd at running back, and total touchdowns were 8, 12th at running back. Now, Kenyon Drake, obviously, before he became an Arizona Cardinal, I wouldn't really think of Kenyon Drake as one of those guys that was very good, had very good hands, and could get a lot of work in the pass catching game, but once he went to Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury shot some fucking shit out of his eyes to make him a good pass catching running back. Now, I I understand that Cliff Kingsbury's system is called the air raid offense, but deep down the stretch of the season when Kenny Drake was playing, it looked like a rush through the, the ground offense, not an air raid offense, a rush through the ground offense, and even if they're throwing the ball a lot, they're still going to be throwing the ball to Mr. Kenyon Drake. If we look at Kenyon Drake's splits with Miami versus out of split with the Cardinals, in split is with the Miami Dolphins, out of split is with the Cardinals, in split, 9.47 PPR points per game with the Dolphins versus 19.68 points per game with the Arizona Cardinals. His receptions were still pretty much the same in both spots. 
In Miami, he was averaging 3.67 versus 3.5 receptions, and his targets were 5.5 versus 4.38. The real difference here was his rushing attempts, going from 8 pretty much doubling to 15.38, finally scoring some fucking rushing touchdowns with one in, in uh, one per game in Arizona. He was just really tearing it up. And his rushing yards were 80.38 versus 29 in Miami. I think Kenyon Drake really evolved in Arizona, and I think we could see similar production in 2020. And if that is true, Kenyon Drake should be easily slotted in as a top 12 running back in 2020. I'm not too worried about him. So thank you guys all for watching this video. I applaud you. You made it very far in this video. You're probably like 40 to 45 minutes into this thing. I'm 50 minutes in, but I got to edit some stuff out because I just fucking stopped talking because I need to catch my breath because I can't talk for 50 seconds straight or 50 minutes straight. So thank you guys all for watching. I love you all. Make sure you have a great rest of your day. Make sure to check out the Patreon. If you made it this far, damn fuck, man. You better already be subscribed to this channel. If you're not, I'm going to come after you. Not actually, though. I love you all. Have a great rest of your guys' day. And I'll see you guys later with the second video of the day. Double uploads all day, every day. Check out the Patreon. I love you all. Good boy.